Several weeks after my breakup with Henry, some of the staff at my office staged a mutiny. Without much warning, my editor got fired, along with all of the news team. They spared Juliet, but not me. While I was looking for another job, I decided to start consulting. With my background in technology and journalism, I was able to track trends and forecast how the media landscape was going to change. I started with one small client, but within a month, I'd signed half a dozen companies wanting me to advise them. Knowing it was a huge risk, I put my job search on hold and set up a home office in my kitchen so I could focus on building my new company full-time. I loved nothing more than to work on a monumental challenge. The concentration and endurance it required empowered and excited me. There was one small problem. Besides a police officer and his sister who lived in the apartment above me, I didn't see anyone else most days of the week. I still went out with friends, but it was impossible to meet any potential dates. There were no co-workers who could introduce me to their brothers or old college roommates. I was 30, and while I wasn't against going out to clubs on the weekends, standing in line while a group of 21-year-olds in front of me got carded didn't help my self-esteem. Some of my friends had been trying to set me up on blind dates, but they never worked out. Either we had nothing in common, or there was just no chemistry. I'd also been meeting up with Juliet's friends at local bars. They were stylish, artsy, and smart, and I always lost my confidence around them. When I did meet a man who was my age, attractive and steadily employed, he was unfortunately already married. Instead, I found myself working until midnight or later, and then staying up to watch old episodes of Sex in the City, to live vicariously through Miranda. She was smart, driven, and career-focused, and she still managed to eventually find a husband. I felt ashamed admitting this to my professional friends living outside of Philly, who were either already happily married or seemed to not care about whether they'd ever start a family. Surely I wasn't the only 30-something woman struggling to figure out how to simultaneously chase a career and a long-term relationship. Meantime, one of my friends from home was newly pregnant, and another that I'd known in Japan had just given birth to her second child. On weekly calls with my grandmother, I was bombarded with unsolicited details about four of my cousin's wedding plans. Then there were the fix-ups. What is it about happily coupled people wanting to fix up everyone else around them. One cousin insisted that I go out with a friend of hers. She told me he was a lawyer representing celebrities, and he asked me to meet him at an Asian restaurant for an early dinner. He showed up a half hour late, fake European kissed me on each cheek, and then sat down at our table with two blackberries flanking his water glass. He would start by asking me a question like, so what was it like living in Japan? Just as I'd begin to answer, he'd interrupt with a bigger, better story. You know, I once spent a day with a Japanese tea sensei master, he'd say, mangling the word for teacher. He'd drone on for five minutes, then abruptly say, but you don't want to hear about all of that. Now, back to you.